Yo, we are back once again. This is the Wu-Tang Podcast. It is I, Singar Superior. And for this episode, I got my man, Drake, straight from LA. How you doing, Drake? What's good? What's good, brother? Appreciate it. Uh, no doubt, no doubt, man. I appreciate you for coming on and everything like that. And so for this episode, we are going to be talking about yet another Killer B classic 1998's Killer Armies, Dirty Weaponry, and a little bit of background on um on uh on how I met Drake. We we uh, met up on Twitter, right? And you reached out uh, after the Killer Army, um, the first Killer Army episode that uh, I did for Silent Weapons for Quiet for Quiet Wars, and you said that Dirty Weaponry was better than <laughs> the first album, which you know I slightly disagree with, but I figured, you know, it would be a good um, a good time to have you on to discuss Dirty Weaponry and for me to really, you know, try to see what other people like you seeing it. Because, you know, you aren't the only person, like, who, you know, who said this. Like, my uh, my brother, Born King, um, who I who I had on for the uh, uh, the first Killer Army episode I did, um, he agrees with you. Right, right, yeah, right. I think he may have said that on the first episode. Yeah, so. Um, but before we get into the um, album real quick, you're from L.A. Right. And uh, you do photography, right? Yes, uh, uh, photogra- uh, photographer. Uh, just I, I do it for as a hobby. You know what I mean. At the moment, it's nothing uh, full scale. Um, I do work a nine to five, but um, yeah, I do photography. Something that I I, I love dabbling into though. Uh, photography is a great expression. Yeah, I mean, you got some dope shit on Instagram, and uh, is it Visco? Is that how you say that? Uh, that website's yeah, name, yeah. Visco. Visco, V S C O. Yeah, Visco. Yeah, yeah. All right, cool. Yeah, because um, I uh, I, I like the uh, like the like the contrast you have like with your shit and everything like that. Kind of, it's interesting because you know you come, you're from L A, born and raised, but your your um your photography kind of gives you more of a like a New York kind of vibe, just like with the kind of darkness and not necessarily grittiness to it, but you know what I'm saying? Like just the atmosphere of it, I guess I should say. No, I, I dig that. That's uh, that's kind of what I, I, I try to, uh, you know, uh, capture. And, you know, when I re- when I rework the photo fo- with the, the photo, when it's in, in you know, in uh, editing, you know, I try to bring out, you know, different things. But it's always light and darkness, you know, and I, I like it gritty, you know, that, and that's the reason why I'm on because it's gritty, you know, so. <laughs> Right, right, right. I feel you, man. This is, got some people in the background. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, uh, my uh, my uh, roommates got a couple folks over. Oh, cool, cool, cool. Um, yeah. So yeah, like you got some dope photography. Oh yeah, that's right. And uh, how was ComplexCon? Man, ComplexCon was uh, was wild. It was wild. I was there for work, <laughs> uh, but man, it was wild. It, 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 it's a beast. It, it's become a beast. You know. Uh, um, you never, you, I've never seen a trade, like, uh, you can't really call it a trade show because it's not a trade show. Um, cause it bring, it brings so much, you know, um, things in, but man, it, it was, it was wild. And with all the releases, the hype, uh, it's crazy. Uh, end of the day, I was like concert, nah, going home. So, you know, and that said, I did a complex count one day, you know what I mean? Had I done it two days, I would have had to take it taking days off during the week, know what I mean? Right, right, right. I feel you. And um 
and I guess a little bit a little bit more background uh we you know um just speaking to you you know off air and everything like that you told me that you used to write for kilos and grams and for um the listeners I'm I'm pretty sure a lot of y'all who are listening right now probably know probably remember kilos and grams is it still around it's not um we're all okay, we're all, okay. all all of us are still friends and stuff like that but we we just it it stopped we we stopped contributing you know what i mean uh and it was it it was sad to you know to see go uh when that day came you know but um you know sometimes you just got to move on you know but Hey man, I, I used to love that, you know, and I, I know a lot of uh, both of my friends that I used to do it with like that, that used to be the, the grind, you know, like we used to go in. So like, yeah, definitely. Yeah, man. Like I were like, well, I guess for, for, for those, for the younger ones, I know we have some younger ones here, like um, kilos and grams was like, was a part of like the, the golden age of hip hop blogs, like like I mean, just like whenever I say like the name and think about it, it just takes me back to like that time. Like I think I was like still in college around that time. Like kilos and grams, cocaine blunts, exclusive zone. Like all these like dope blogs, rock and roll is dead and shit. Like, word. All these dope, yeah, man. Like because like my, my my cousin um was like one of the people who uh who did like rock and roll, rock and roll is dead. Like right in the like early like very beginning, but like kilos and grams, all these other ones were like right in there in the very beginning. And I mean, it was just like a dope time. Like it, like every day you could just like you know get up when you maybe Google read or whatever kind of art you know any kind of feed reader that you had at the time and just consume all kinds of new music dope music music that you may not necessarily like but you still appreciated the fact that you had access to it whenever you wanted it and everything like that word no definitely you know it's like uh when we were when we started doing it you know it was everything was you know lifestyle you know it's like what do we like you know and it's like what do, and how do we put it together so a lot of it was like music like you know it's like we're very like even though we're west coast we're very like east coast oriented with the way we came up music wise, you know, so it's like we've all like we were West Coast, but we've always had that East Coast ear, you know what I mean? So it's a little different, you know, and uh, some people will catch your vibe out here, but some people don't, you know what I mean? But I'll, I'll tell, you, tell you the truth, there's a lot, there were a lot of us out here and that's the reason why, you know, it went on, you know, for as many years as, as we went on, you know, because a lot of people gravitated towards that. They, they like the content. You know, and I think that's 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 key. You know, you, the content you're putting out, it's, it's it's huge. You know, speaking of which, you know, with the whole East Coast vibe and everything that 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 you, that you and your um your comrades have, um, how did you uh, get into Wu Tang? Do you remember like the very first time you listened to Wu Tang? Man, I remember the first time I listened to Wu Tang, and I said it was whack. <laughs> <laughs> what were you listening to? I'm not. Uh, I'm not going front. Um, at the time, I was very. Uh, I was. It was at. Um, I think I was maybe in seventh grade. Um, our older brother was maybe ninth grade. He used to go to. He was already in the high school. I was in 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 junior high. Uh, he uh, he threw on um, on thirty six chambers, and I was like, Nah, man, I'm not feeling that. I'm really not feeling that. For some reason, I guess you're young. He played Wu Tang forever, and that that like changed, you know, everything. You know what I mean? Like that was like to me, like that was like okay, we rocking now, you know. And and then Raekwon drops, you know what I mean? And you know, the, it 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 just start. It, it it was it it was a movement, 
you know what I mean? And they were all dope. You know, it was like once he got that that feel and that grit, you know, um, you know, to me, one of my favorites from Wu, and he ain't even really a member, is Cap. You know what I mean? Like Capadonna to me is one of the rawest, you know what I mean? So yeah. Capadonna is like he he's really slept on, um, just like with his lyricism and just like his delivery overall. Like I was like looking back at some like like some shit that he did with Killer Army, like on um shit, I can't remember like the show from back in the day, but like John Stewart was like the co host or whatever like that, and it's like he just killed it. Yeah, my man's always like, dude, he always dropped like really, really dope like music and music music that you could relate to. You know what I mean? And I think that's that's the biggest thing with Wu Tang too. You know what I mean? It's it was always music you could relate to. So that's why, you know, in the long run I fucked with it because it was that raw, gritty, um, real shit, you know, New York shit. You know, my my brother got me in Wu Tang, but um you know, he always, like, played it, but I didn't necessarily, like, you know, I knew what it was, but I didn't, like, know what it was, and um, when I got more serious into, like, listening to music, um, like, the like one of, like, the earlier introductions I had with, like, seriously listening to uh, Wu-Tang was actually with the W, um, and then from there, I kind of, I had to go all the way back, and, you know, 36 Chambers and like, Cuban Links, and I was like, oh, shit, shit, oh, this is the shit that my brother always played. Yeah, and that's, <laughs> and to me, like, that era like that 95 to 97 or 95 to 99 really the golden era of rap you know like really the golden era of rap like it it, i feel like that's where it ended you know like uh you know the the really good albums you know what i mean like because even the w i think i like listened to it but wasn't ever like oh my god this is you know um but everything like catalog before then Man, that was like that was that was it, that was it. Beneath the surface was ninety nine. Inspector Dex and yeah, uncontrolled substance was ninety nine. I think beneath the surface was ninety nine. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was. So like, do you rock those albums too? I do, I do. Um, beneath okay. the surface is actually a, a big slept on album, yo. Big slept on album. Uh, the the the, I think production wise and lyrically at that time, you know it nobody nobody was coming harder nobody was coming harder maybe maybe dre with the sound you know but that like you know what i mean that sound that that beneath the surface album had it was it was different it was different well shit let's not uh postpone any longer and let's get into this album so 1998 uh killer armies dirty weaponry the follow-up to silent weapons for quiet wars from 1997 still on wu-tang records Right, and Wu-Tang Records still being this kind of a mystery, at least to me, unless anyone knows any more information on Wu-Tang Records, but other than that, um, it just seems to be this mystery where you have, you know, other, you know, other Killer B people like Wu Syndicate, Shaheem, and uh, Killer Army who were on it, um, and everything like that. Uh, from what I, from what I know, Killer Army's Dirty Weaponry did well as long, I mean, along with, uh, the first album as well as the third album, which did pretty well too, based on, um, various interviews that I read with Knife Prince and everything like that. And it's pretty much still the, still like the same kind of lineup, right? You still have, uh, everyone who is in Killer Army and you have Fourth Disciple that, uh, that 
takes on the great majority of the production, um, still keeping with that kind of cohesive, um, that kind of cohesiveness, cohesiveness and everything like that. Uh, so, uh, for you, Drake, um, what do you remember when you first like listened to this album? You know, what do you recall? Like any kind of songs that or verses that come to mind? Well, like to tell you the truth, the reason why this album will always pop out, pop up in my head, is really because. 1998, I started high school. I was already a Wu-Tang, you know, head. That was the year that they were doing, like, promo like it was nothing. Um, they had the Wu trucks out, you know what I mean? Um, they used to have a store, um, not Wu-Tang, but they used to have a, um, a store over on Melrose um, Avenue over by Fairfax. It used to be called, um, it used to be called Underground. And Underground used to carry all the woo wear. And they had linked up with um, with the marketing, you know, the street team or whatever, or street team at the time. The marketing didn't come into after, right? Um, but yeah, they were doing a street team um, at the time. So they were doing like, um, they were just busting stuff on the walls. They were doing out free tees. They were giving out CDs, like, you know, like um, singles and stuff like that. So that was really dope. And that's why I think this album really, like, really, really sticks out um, with the work, uh, the, you know, the work it was put uh, put forward. You know what I mean? Okay, so so wait, so they had Wu trucks? Yeah, Wu vans. There was, like, it was basically vans, like, wrapped. You know what I mean? Like, wrapped in, like, with, you know, because at that time... Um, a lot of a lot of people were doing the the um the uh, the street team. Uh, loud loud was very big on it at that time. Loud was very big on on it at that time, and and people saw how they moved. You know what I mean? So they were like, you know what? Let's go to L.A. You know, and push this. And you know that was even at that time. I think uh, Wu Killer Bees was on at that time. You know, and that was West Coast. You know what I mean? So you know like. We was already associated with that, but you know you're reintroduced to Killer Army now, and I think the biggest one is the promo, um, the video. Um, I think it's uh, Red Dawn, the song when that when that when that so song drops and the beat drops, it's crazy. So they had a promo for that, uh, which I'm pretty sure you've seen the video um, where they're pretty much dressed militant, camouflage everything, and they're out. You know, like in a in a trade training facility, and you know they running around, um, they running around like you know trying to get through the obstacle course or whatever. Uh, and yeah. the cast is like getting you know going down and stuff like that, but they get through it. You know, um, anyway, that song at the beginning, um, there's a part, there was a promo for it. There was a part where Riz is sitting on a chair um, with jewels and everything, and and Killer Army standing around them. That's what that's the promo that always sticks out in my head. And that's why I was like, yo. And when I listened to it, I was like, wow. <laughs> I was like, wow. wow. So um, just for a song off the top, you know, um, just with the, the way it starts. It's crazy even listening to to it now. You know, it's like it's pretty wild that that message with the from 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 the kid, you know, growing up, he didn't. He didn't always know how his father, you know what I mean, was so like he wanted. He said war, war attracted it, you know. So it was crazy that that you know that whole message, and then 
man, that album is ill, dude. It's amazing what um what marketing like the effect that marketing can have on you. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I so um. You know, so you know, recently, like uh, RZA, he did like this whole like Chipotle like kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With, um, I'm, I'm up on that. I'm yeah. up on that. Okay, yeah, yeah, and um, you know, I um, I, I said this in a previous episode. Um, I think the Once Upon a Time of Shaolin episode. Um, I came across it around the time I was reading Once Upon a Time of Shaolin, like you know, and li- you know, looking at it, I'm like, you know, how the fuck does he even know? Like, what what, what kind of sound does an onion make? Like, it doesn't even make any kind of sense. <laughs> right. And so I was kind of just like looking, I was kind of like looking at it, listening to this shit, and I'm like, this really doesn't make any kind of sense. But then the thing about it was the next day, I go to Chipotle, and then I'm looking up, and it got fucking RZA, like, you know, RZA's face or whatever like that on, like, the menu. I'm like, shit, <laughs> I wonder if I came in Chipotle because I was listening to that shit. <laughs> Probably, yo, like, yeah, crazy. It, it, no, but it's crazy how you put two and two together, you know what I mean? And, like, I know for him... It was a it was a, a deal that, you know, it probably wasn't worth, you know, like not not taken, you know what I mean? Especially at a time where Chipotle was, you know, uh, you know, up in the up in the air, you know, with especially out here on the West Coast. So um it was a big step for him, you know what I mean? But that is crazy that, you know, that things like that, like you can you read it, you know what I mean, and then like shit <laughs> and He's up in Chipotle with a face on the menu and shit. <laughs> I mean, yeah, and like you, and honestly, I'll, I'll be on like every every time I go into Chipotle now. I think I've only been maybe like twice after that because it just kind of freaked me out a little bit. But right. um, whenever like I see them, like you know when it when, like when they make like my 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 burrito or whatever like that, I'm like looking at like the shit they put in there, and I'm like, huh, like does it really sound like the shit that he made? You know, like so it so it sticks with me. I don't know if it sticks with anyone else, but what's interesting about the whole Chipotle thing is apparently that uh, Arisa, he has like a lifetime uh, special card to get like free Chipotle forever. Word. I heard that. I heard that. I heard that. Um, it was either like on like, I think it was like Power 106 that I... Uh, yes, it yes it was. It was Power 106. It was the uh, 106 interview on uh, Cruise or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I heard that. I was like, that's crazy, yo. <laughs> yeah, shit is crazy because I mean, I always like, you know, like, you know, but... I, I, it doesn't seem like he really uses it just based on like based on that um based on the interview. But what is interesting about the interview is that do you do you, do you remember the intro that they did for him? Yes, for the right. intro, they cut up all the all his tracks that he's ever like flex like really flexed on. Yes, yeah, yes. that shit was that was one of the dopest mixes I've heard in a long time. No, even he was like, "Yo, like thank you." You know what I mean? Like I, I remember he was like, "Damn," you know, like. It was though. It really was. I do remember that. I do recall that being the standout of, a, you know, off that interview. Yeah, I mean, I was thinking about even trying because I don't, I don't know who the DJ is, but I was, think, I was trying, I was thinking about reaching out to him to see if he could like put, like, drop that mix like on SoundCloud or something like that. That, that shit was. Dope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially because like people don't really, you know, like some people appreciate RZA, but it's, but they don't really appreciate like RZA's actual albums and certain cuts, that he, like deep cuts he has on his albums, the way that that mix kind of showed, showcased. Right. Right. No, a, a lot of people, I think RZA is like, even though like sometimes I hate that he's always uh executive producer, you know, he's, he's a guy, he's, you know, he, he knows everything, you know, and he's the one to go to. So it's like, you can't hate fault the man, you know, but he's he's up, yo. Like he's up. Yeah, man. Um, but yeah, so 
yeah, I, yeah, we that, that was like a whole detour. But um, yeah, but going back to uh, to kill an army and everything like that. Uh, yeah, so first I wasn't aware of the Wu trucks. I mean, I was aware of the Wu Tang nail salons and shit. But um, I do know that like had they had like the whole like the little Wu Tang bundles and everything like that, where they bundled up all like the solo albums and and everything. So um, but yeah, but this is my first time hearing about Wu Tang trucks. So you know, for all the listeners, if you, if you got stories about Wu Tang trucks or whatever like that coming coming around in your in your area, let me know about it. Hit me up. If you want to talk about it, but, uh, you know, like for me, I think, so it seems to me like, so you obviously you have like this visual memory, um, when it came out and everything like that. And for me, like I had the same feeling with, uh, with digital bullet with a uh, RZA second. Okay. Okay. Um, um, cause I remember my mother took me to get it and everything like that. And it was, it was a whole thing, but, uh, yeah. So like this was and maybe this is one of the reasons why I don't care for it that much. It's one of those albums that I kind of like, you know, I decided to listen to, you know, like later in my in my Wu Tang school or whatever you want to call right, it, right, right. my my Wu Tang life, and um, you know, out but I was like really affected by a uh, greatly affected, you know, of course in a positive way by Silent Weapons for Quiet Wars. Like I got the CD, I got the cassette, and you know, all kinds of shit. Right, 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 and. I was just so taken aback by like that kind of vibe, um, the vibe that that first album had, and then to me, to at least to me personally, I think there's like a well, not a t- complete shift, but there's a pretty um, noticeable shift between Silent Weapons Required Wars and Dirty Weaponry when it comes to the vibe of it. Yeah, most definitely, there is a vibe, and that's a great like you know like uh, uh, kind of like way way to put it right real quick. Pretty much that 1998 when this album dropped, yo, um, there was like six other albums that dropped. You feel me? Uh, within that, within that, um, within like a six month time span. You feel me? Um, Capadonna's The Pillage dropped in I think April. Um, Sons of Man, The Last Shall Be First dropped in um, July. A lot of Dark Man dropped, I think. Um, or RZA dropped that Wu Tang Killer Beef's The Swarm compilation in July. Um, a lot of Dark Man dropped in November. So did RZA, the in digital, uh, uh, in stereo album. And Methamen dropped his um, that same month to Cal 2000. That was like a huge, huge, like, um, huge shift in sound and vibe. You know what I mean? Because and that's the reason why I can really resonate with this album is just because all these albums I just mentioned to you with the, um, I would say the lot of dark man album, like, or LA, the dark man, you know, I really never really listened to him that way. You feel me? So it was not it like, like, even though he was part of Wu-Tang, I never really listened to the dude, you know? So, um, and he was one of the only one of the only cats that I never li- really listened to out of Wu Tang. I listened to Shaheem, um, Capadonna, obviously, um, Sons of Man. Sons of Man dropped a really that album to me is really dope too. Um, different different sound, but same kind of vibe. You know what I mean? Um, lyric wise, you know. So yeah, that I'm telling you that Riz Riz Digital uh, um, uh, Bobby uh, Bobby Digital in stereo album. That same year, uh, I think it dropped two months after Killer Army did, because uh, I think uh, 
I'm not too sure on the date that um, that dirty weaponry drop, uh, but I think that was like three, two, three months uh, from the RZA, uh Bobby Digital and Stereo album. So a lot of that sound is like, like to me, like one of the, like that, like one of their best sounds ever. Um, maybe like it's more of an ASR thing or something, you know. But at that time, there were the the production production wise, it was just like whoa, you know what I mean? Um, it was a little different definitely different um definitely different from 95 uh the stuff the stuff that they had did um but i think they wanted to recreate like um i want to say that made for cuban links they wanted to you know continue that like you know that sound but you know a much a, a little more clear you know um but still gritty you know and i think they accomplished that that year you know i'm, I'm telling you with all these albums that i just mentioned um, that dropped the same time as this. It's a vibe. It, it's, it was definitely a vibe. It was definitely a vibe. All of them were different sonically in their own way, but they all had like they were all, they were all in the same the same wavelength. Yeah. Um. Perhaps. Um. I would say probably a lot of the dark man's being probably the the darkest, but um. I, I would say like it, like during this during this time because I because like whenever I think of the, like the Sons of Man album. And even like even like dirty weaponry, I just kind of have like this idea of like it's like it has like a certain kind of um, light to it compared to the darkness from the first wave of Wu solo albums. Yeah. yeah. Which of course, yeah, makes it makes it much more clearer. And you know, like um, you know, going back to lot because I you know different people have different um, takes and you know views on a lot of the dark man in that. Every like no matter what people say like you know like they saw like you know they saw like a advertisement in the source magazine or whatever like that some people will say that they just didn't really you know listen to it just for you know for whatever reason or some people say they they just got it because you know because of the Wu Tang symbol in the album cover yeah I actually liked his Wu Tang symbol that was probably the best Wu Tang symbol out of them all um that yeah was, well, you know what I mean cool. that or the Jizza you know what I mean but um yeah like. I really never like messed with it, and it's crazy because till this day I never me- messed with it. And even when he uh, came back a couple years ago, you know what I mean, like uh, uh, doing this thing, you know, I still, I still never played it. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, but I definitely um, Sons of Man, uh, that last shall be first album, uh, Dirty Weaponry, and Riva, uh, Bobby Digital, and Stereo, uh, very similar very similar in sound uh, even even like with the lyricists because they you know they blended killer army and sons of man on 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 the uh bobby digital album you know what i mean so it like and the sound is the, like holocaust you know what i mean that song that song right there is like that shit could have been on dirty weaponry yo you know what i mean like easily holocaust could have been on dirty weaponry you know, so it's crazy. Um, just like listening to songs like uh, where, you know, you blend you blend two, two groups together, you know, and this is what you get. And, you know, sometimes it's that pure raw, um, you know, like my one of my favorite songs is uh, um, and it's probably that same year, too, is um, uh, Onyx featuring Wu-Tang, The Worst. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. And yeah. who does it have? You know what I mean? Beretta Nine. You know what I mean? Like uh, Raekwon. You know, and it, it it just lends these voices and characters to these songs, 
and the found stays the same, but it's that, still that grit, you know what I mean? And it's just crazy. Um, and I, I guess it go, you know, goes hand in hand with, you know, the whole met the man at the end of the year to Cal 2000, you know, um, that album, that album and, and is, is different probably from, uh, from its first, very, very different, just like the, um, just like dirty weaponry. Um, cause I like, I personally, I like met the man to Cal 2000, uh, for, I prefer that more than, you know, the first one. So, Ooh, damn, you did, uh, it's something about you and, and, and liking people with second albums. This yeah, week. <laughs> no, it's, it's true though. It, it really is true though. It really is true. I think, uh, made for Q, uh, you know, made for Cuban links is probably like the, the one that, you know, from the, from the go, it was like, yo, this, you know, and then Iron Man, you know, like, you can't those those two you can't go wrong those you know you can't go wrong you don't think immobility was better than cuban links i like immobility but at that time uh raekwon was moving uh uh a little solo and he was trying to get the cream going up on top uh, yeah no i think I, I i like i like the first one more than i like immobility i like even though i like i do like immobility but um i think the the cats were too young you know what I mean? I think, I think he was trying. He was moving a little too fast, you know. Or at least with that album, he tried to, you know, put put try to put on cats that really never moved forward. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well. Yeah. You know. Like. Um. I mean. Yeah. I. I, uh, I agree. Like the. See this. This is the thing. I. I really feel, and I've been. I've been saying this like ever since like you kind of started the, like the, this podcast is that whenever I get to a mobility. I feel like it'll end up being like at least like an hour episode because there's a lot going on with that album <laughs> and I and, and and just pretty much everything you said that he was moving a bit too fast but I think that nowadays people forget that they don't they don't respect what he was trying to do because you know people all day will talk about you know an artist like kind of like sticking like sticking to like the same you know the same subjects or whatever like that and he was like one of the very first people that really tried to move you know forward like completely away from that but it was just a completely different shift and of course the the american cream team uh didn't really work for that album but um it, it is an interesting album and the production is you know something they could probably talk about for another 20 minutes you know if you really had the time to do it but um but yeah uh yeah, so speaking of Holocaust, um, you know, with you, with you, like, you know, putting all this stuff into context, because, uh, you know, I, I always forget about all the shit that came out in 1998. For some reason, when I think about 1998, I always think about Bobby Digital and Brand Nubian's uh, Foundation album. Another classic, but too. You know what I mean? That, that shit is dope. Yeah. It is dope. Yeah. yeah, Brand Nubian, man. Like, yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. That foundation album, I'm telling you. I'm telling you, 98 was a really good year too, yo. 98 was a really, really good year, you know. Uh, a lot of really good albums dropped that year. So I think Redman, Doc's the Name even dropped that year, you know. So I, I think that was 99. That was 99? I think so. Because I know at that time they were calling 2,000 albums, but they weren't even 99 yet. Yeah, I know. You know but and I remember, and I remember Def Jam did, did it again, The Month of the Man. Uh, part two so i believe it should have if uh if you look it up should have been the same year oh yeah you're right 90 uh yeah december 8th 1998 okay yeah 
So met the man was eleven ten. So, yeah, and they was they were both called obviously Doc's the name two thousand. Uh, met the man was Tikal two thousand. You know what I mean? Uh, so, yeah, it, it's crazy. A lot, a lot, a, a lot of it coincides together. You know what I mean? Like a lot, a, a lot of it was like very like well, you know. I think it was well orchestrated by RZA though. And all right, so like stepping back into into the Wu Tang, into the Wu Tang Dojo, whatever you want to call it. Um, nineteen ninety eight seems to be the like the like damn near the year of Holocaust. He's on uh, the Swarm. I mean, not the Swarm. Damn. Yeah, the, the Swarm. swarm the compilation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's the Riz, that's the Riz, RZA presents the Wu Tang Killer Bees. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because I was thinking about the Sting. I'm like, whoa, that's that's me. That's that's some years away. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so he's on the he's on the Swarm. He has a uh, Silkworm on a uh, Rizzo's joint. Uh, he's on, and then he's on this Killer Army album on two on two tracks. Honestly, like for me, like uh, of all the Killer Bees, like War Cloud Holocaust, he's probably in my like my top three or four, like top maybe even two. I don't even know, like of of these killer of, of the Killer Bees. And everything like that. So, um, how do you think he stands out on on this on the Killer Army album compared to RZA's album? Although it's, it's just one verse, but that that's damn near two verses. In yeah, one. I th- I personally, I definitely definitely ki- killed it on the on the RZA album. But I think he he did his thing on on the Sons of Man. I think those verses, like delivery and voice wise, like far none. Like you know, like yo, like it's tight yo like you know what i mean like not a lot of people are fucking with you you know what i mean and he was coming with it at that time um it really like it's crazy that we're you know that we're talking about this year being a huge year and not a lot coming right after that you know i don't i don't think anything comes um comes on maybe a mobility i think comes on uh but i don't think anything comes on till like uh the 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 w right I think two thousand. Yeah, I think immobility. I, th- I I swear I want to say uncontrolled. So I think uncontrolled substance was ninety nine. I think. Let me see. Yeah, and then yeah, and then and then the W and but then he, but, Iron but Flag. But see, even uncontrolled substance, that didn't have a lot of like ringer. You know what I mean? Like to the heads, it was dope. But like, if you play that to like anybody else, they'd be like, uh, it's all right. You know what I mean? It's cool, you know, but to like the Wu heads, like, you know, like that, that INS is really, really dope, yo. But highly, like, you know, at that time, like it, it was just, it was almost like passed on, you know, like, oh, Inspector got an album, you know, and it's just like not a lot of people gave a credit. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's true. I mean, you know, only only if that flood didn't happen and happen to to Rizzo's basement, then you know, I can only imagine what what an Inspector Deck album would have sounded like in what like ninety seven, ninety six, or, or whatever. Right. I hear, I feel you. Just because uh, off the sound alone, you know what I mean? Like you said, it was it was a darker time, a darker tone. You know, like uh, you know, very 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 street grime. You know, like I think. I think the albums after were very like dirty and grimy. It, they just weren't that dark. You know what I mean? It was just more of a this is it. We're living it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I mean, honestly, like this is what I've always said. If if Master Killer came out with an album like right after like Glaciers of Ice, 
it would have been one of the best hip hop albums of all time. Right. No, I feel you. I feel you. I know we, we keep going away from Killer Army's album. But I, I know, I'm but even, even then, like, our, like, getting back into the album, right? Like, you know, off off top, uh, um, Galactics, you know, um, and then Allah sees everything. When you when Allah when you when you hear that at first, you're just like, what? And like, especially when you're young too. You know what I mean? You're like, what? And you listen to it, and then you really like dabble into what you know what that means and stuff like that it's, you know it's just god sees everything you know what i mean like that's dope you know and then you know five station uh five stages of consciousness like getting into it, it it's almost it is a vibe you know what i mean they're, they're they're dropping knowledge at the same time you know what i mean it could be but it could be it can't it, it's not like it's they drop in you know like mad jewels you know but they'll drop they'll drop a what one jewel on you and you'll be like damn I was, I was listening back to the album again um earlier today um a couple of times because the thing about because like um for for quite a while whenever i would talk to my brother or my cousin about it because you know like my, uh, my brother is the only one who i know who like who, who thinks that dirty weaponry is better than the first album but i could never really explain it and i think i i think i think i know why now so for me, overall, like it's not a whack album, you know, by far. It's not whack, and the production is cool, but it's mainly the production, and, and it's not that the production isn't good. I just don't think that the production exactly fits, um, you know, the tempo for the flows of uh, specifically Ninth Prince, and even Beretta Nine. Um, when you think about Burning Season or something like that. Uh, or or even like or even like wake up like they or especially wake up like the, the it tends to be more of like a visceral song like the tempo is a bit slower but like the energy of it kind of keeps you going because I know that you know the first album is is rather murky and sometimes you you can get like all the songs are so cohesive that you can get kind of like lost in the songs and if you're not really paying attention you know you like what the fuck song just went off whatever like that it just seems like like a continuous thing whereas this like this album dirty weaponry isn't exactly that way which i think is good but ninth prince to me on the great majority or on the great majority of the songs that he's on he just doesn't really fit the beat properly and I think it's because he need he needs like a slower tempo. Yeah, yeah, I I, I can agree with you on that. I with uh, with the you know Ninth Prince and the, and even uh, the the sound. You know what I mean? Um, definitely, um, I can I can on the wait on wake up. You know, you can definitely hear that cohesiveness uh, throughout. The, you know, through the, through the entirety of the album. Um, and I think it's really based. I, I think the second album is really. I would say based really a lot of the sound is really based based on the vibe that you know that was happening at that time you know and the music that was being made um, because a lot of that music you know it just went to all of these spread out to all these albums you know what I mean and you know so I think it part of it it's it was Killer Army at that time um, Ninth Prince though those I feel like those at that time. ODB was coming with the, you know, with the off, off beat stuff too, you know? So I don't know if it was like meant to be also. So it, 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 it's, it's part of that sound. So we would probably have to hear from, you know, from them to be like, yo, like, you know, was that like meant to be or, you know, or, 
or was that really that did it sound that bad you know what i mean like so um it, it it's kind of a, a question for them you know but like to me i think it's like really based on the sound of that year you know and music music going to so many people that you know the album was really just really not put together like any other um i i guess like the the sons of man album or cap Capadonna's album with the pillage or even Riz's album like um I think even Riz's album you hear a lot of that like uh offbeat rap you know what I mean um I think one of the uh one of the final tracks on uh on uh on Riz on Bob on the Bobby Digital album uh let me see what that what is that song again um but they're rap but it, yes rap drunk you know what I mean like you know like they they're they're, they're, they're they're just going they're basically freestyling and it's it, it's it sounds offbeat you know what i mean and it, it's like i guess it was it was part of that time because even some of those albums i feel are, are that rizza if you listen to that rizza bobby digital album uh some of the raps sound freestyle they don't really sound written you know and and i so like i say like it's like i i feel like it's it was part of a sound you know that they were trying to um gravitate towards you know um uh the whole you know odb river yeah you know i can i mean yeah i i can see that i guess like the thing about me is that you know like just so how serious knife prince was like on the first album like to me he was like the most serious one of them all because like regardless of you can kind of tell like it seems to me that he was kind of like he was trying to be like the rizza of killer army where you know he always had like you know especially on wake up or whatever like that you know killing sergeants you know scientists wrapped up you know like wrapped up in curtains and shit like that um and then you know with this album he i mean he kind of like pretty much he, i guess he does the same thing and but i i guess with this album this album kind of sounds to me like this is like killer armies wu-tang forever where they become more conscious so they step away from the streets a bit a bit a bit more and they you know have the five stages of consciousness or the galactics and stuff like that or even have holocaust who comes in that you know that talks about more descriptive things of you know i don't know the human body or whatever he's talking about you know what i'm saying like in these two songs i do think the album starts off pretty i starts off like pretty dope so like galactics um is, is, is a dope song uh, for me, which was produced by the Mathematics, who's just, you know, who's uh, still on his run from uh, producing uh, Wu-Tang, The Saga Continues. If you guys haven't uh, checked out that album, you should. It's an, it's an interesting album, and I ha- I'll have a, um, well, actually, I should have an album up, um, the episode up for that, uh, for that album up right now as you're listening to this. <laughs> Come to think about <laughs> it. Word. Um yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, I had um the the engineer of Wu Tang of Wu Tang the Saga continues on the other day talking about the album. Word, that's dope. Yeah, so I was interested. Yeah, and then, yeah, he's uh, he's Red Man's engineer also. So you know, I I, I got to uh, fuck with him a little bit, asking where Muddy Waters too. Ah, <laughs> word. Uh, <laughs> I feel that we've all been waiting, man. It's been like two years now since it was announced, and we out here waiting. Yeah, well, I mean, he 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 said next year. He said Red Man's still working. He's working on it, so hopefully, um, yeah, um, so yeah, so uh, two, all right, so two songs produced by Mathematics, one song produced by Russ Prez, and then everything else produced by uh, the Fourth Disciple. So, um, what do you think? 
if any, what do you think that Fourth Disciple does differently with this album that uh, compared to what he did on the first album? I think it, sonically, it's coming. Um, it's it's very different from the from the first one because I feel like the first one to me it's like it's slow and it's hard for me to really 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 get into, you know. And I think uh, I think drum wise, I think on this one was you know uh, you know much. And then I go, uh, I go back to the vibe, you know, that, that was, uh, going on that year, you know, and it's like a lot of it, I think, uh, goes, you know, hand in hand with that. So, you know, like the, like the vibe, like, it's just like, like the way the drums hit, like, like what you're saying, it kind of reminds me of like Doc's name, like come, come to think about it. Because whenever I think, whenever I think about Doc's name, I just remember like the first song that the drums just like automatically hit and he just instantly like comes in and everything like that. And yeah, that, that is like the. That is pretty much like the vibe of um of '98. I mean, you know, even like RZA, how he comes on, like begin in the beginning of it. Um, maybe not brand new being so much. I think that for them, um, it, it was a bit more slower, but it was a more of a conscious album, obviously. But uh, when it comes to this album, Dirty Weaponry, I tend to like the songs that are more towards the end because the um, the first half of the album is a bit more fast paced and then it kind of slows down a bit for me. So uh, for me, my favorite song off this album is uh, is uh, track thirteen, Pain, um, because it you know it 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 boy it, it, it's kind of reminiscent of uh, Silent Weapons for Quiet Wars, and you know I I just really feel like um, it just seems to me that. Whenever like all like all of them, whenever they're on a slower beat, it just seems like their lyric system becomes better. And I don't know, and you know, of course, you know, we don't know if um if they like actually wrote to these um wrote to these beats or if they already had the beats like I mean um the rhymes written. But um it if I had to guess, I would say, and I could be wrong. I'm not saying that I'm right, but it was it sounds to me that they they wrote to these beats. And it seems to me that when they wrote, when they write to like slower paced songs, they their delivery, of course, and their lyricism is better. Now, if if a Wu Tang album had like all these like kind of slow, like a like a like a Sound Weapons Require Wars kind of vibe to like like the tempo of it, it wouldn't it wouldn't work for them because you know you just I just can't even imagine Ghostface rapping over, over like a a beat that slow or Raekwon, but. Yeah, I mean, but then again, I mean, like, I mean, this, this is the interesting thing about Killer Armin to me. Like, they're, they're, they're not Wu-Tang. They're, like, the polar opposite of Wu-Tang. They're slower. They're, like, the militant version of them, per se. And they're way more esoteric than Wu-Tang, which is why I just think they're... It, it's just a really interesting... It's a really interesting time, especially in how, um, you know, how Killer Army was set up. And just like the different vibes. So you, all these different people, they have their own personalities, obviously. And then, of course, as a result, um, you know, they have their they have their own issues personally within the group, which is why we still have yet to see another Killer Army album after um, Fear, Love, and War. But, um, but yeah, um, I think I tend to like the second half of this album a bit better. Word. Word. Yeah, no, I... I... Like I like um, I think for me like uh, Red Dawn, Doomsday, and like Red Dawn, like uh, uh, even getting into the shootout, you know what I mean? Um, really, it, it. I think that's really when the, when that like hard shit like starts dropping. You know what I mean? Like um, I think it's it, it's because the beginning, like the songs at the beginning, it's like yo, like unite to fight, five stages of consciousness, you know. 
Allah sees everything. You know, it's like these aren't really like that. You know, you're not really going to get much grit out of these songs. You know what I mean? But once it gets like like once it gets into um, Murder Venue, Doomsday, Red Dawn, Shootout, uh, Bastard Swordsman, you know what I mean? Like, like, yo, Last Poet, you know, it's it, that's when it like it, it starts re uh, really getting good. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, yeah. So yeah, for me, my top three would be Galactics, which you know, which of course is one of the more one of the more fa uh, faster paced ones. Uh, Pain and Red Dawn. So yeah, um, you know, overall, I mean, I think it's a solid album. You know, uh, I still, but you know, I mean, I see what you're saying, but you know, I think I still would have to go with uh, Silent Weapons for Quiet Wars before um, this album. I actually, you know, I I think that uh. I, th I think like the order in the album, in, in the albums, and, and how they came out, you know, Silent Weapons, Dirty Weaponry, and Fear, Love, and War, the the exact same order for me. Um, but yeah, but but yeah, it's a dope album and everything like that. So, uh, do you uh, have any final thoughts about the album or just 1998 in general before we wrap this up? Yeah, well, man, I like I, I really do go back to the vibe, yo, that 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 um, 98 had, you know. Um, a lot of a lot of good woo woo shit dropped that year and you know um you ain't never gonna you're never gonna find another year like that you know in the books you know what i mean so um definitely a a a year a year to be alive you know what i mean and uh kind of go through that especially being out here on the west coast you know like even being out here on the west coast i didn't really see wu-tang till um 2000 i think you know what i mean till they started doing those uh big like uh festivals uh uh the i think it was uh rock the bells that um opened up i think early 2000 so um you know what i mean so uh that was that that was the my, you know a uh, first taste of uh of uh you know getting you know all wu-tang you know what i mean and uh, Drake, where can uh, where can people find uh, you? Guys can, in your you guys can find me on Instagram. Uh, um, it's Drake Eve. It's uh, D R A E K E Y S. Again, Drake Eve. And then you can find me um, on Twitter. Same thing, Drake Eve. Drake Eve. <laughs> Thanks so much for coming on, man. I really appreciate it. Got, I got to have you back on, man. Like, you you could probably be like the 1998 dude, man, <laughs> or something like that. Because I, I, I've never, like, um, I mean, I like other people talk about it, but you just have, like, a particular kind of passion about what 1998 meant for you. And so, oh, um, yeah. Yeah, we, we got. Oh, man. Yeah, even, man, we, we even, gotta, uh, uh, like, 95 and 96 are even better years, you know, hip hop wise. You know what I mean? Not just Wu Tang. I think 98 is a golden year for Wu Tang. Um, I think 95 and 96 were the golden years for hip hop. You know what I mean? Like, and we can, that can be another discussion another day. And, you know, just to touch on the albums that came out um, during those two years. And like, you, we can really go back and forth and be like, and we, we'd, we'd be amazed at the, uh, at the music that was dropped at that time. So, you know what I mean? In closing, this has been another edition of the Wu-Tang Podcast. Uh, please check out, you know, go ahead and, ch and check out Drake Keys' stuff. His photography is really dope. Has a nice little kind of grittiness, kind of nice dark contrast that reminds you of, you know, kind of Wu-Tang, maybe 1998, uh, Killer Army kind of vibe, you know, if, you, if you're all for that. But it is really dope. Um, yeah, so you can check us out at Wu-Tang Podcast 
on Twitter, Wu-Tang Podcast on Instagram. You can check out uh, Wu-Tang Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, wherever you find your podcast. We will be there. And if you have any kind of comments, hit me up at WuTangPodcast at gmail.com or SingardSuperior at gmail.com. And please be sure to rate and subscribe. Let me know how I'm doing. Let me know what I can do to make this podcast better. And with all that said, we are out. Peace. Peace.